Hello folks and welcome to the Alforn podcast. This is episode two of the Tony Bellew interview. We talk about his second fight against David Hay and how he comprehensively beat him, his final fight against Alexander Usyk and how Usyk, how will he transition moving up to heavyweight? We talk about Everton, his boyhood club. Yes, they're flying at the minute and Tony is of course very optimistic about Everton and Everton under Carlo Ancelotti, I should say. And we also speak about how how, how Tony would mentally prepare for a fight while he was in fight camp. He goes into great detail about that, which I think is very interesting. It's interesting to hear that from, from a boxer, from an, an ex-pro like Tony. Guys, this is really great. We covered so much in part two as well and overall this was a really fantastic interview with an absolute gentleman one of the nicest guys out there so yeah i really hope you enjoy it folks episode two of the alforn podcast sponsored by betfred it's tony bellew build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with betfred's pick your punt builder corners cards goal scorer and more they've got them all download the betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds 18 plus begambleaware.org singles only pick your punt builder is available on selected matches at betfred's discretion visit betfred.com promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions yeah, we, we were we were talking about the second fight with Hay and how obviously you, you shocked a lot of people. I think I think you you shocked the whole of Britain and the world yeah. in the first fight by beating him, knocking him out. And the second fight comes along and you know, there's there's not much trash talk as there was in the first fight, especially no. in the build up. It's all business as you as you said. And you just beat him comprehensively. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what? I went I went into the rematch with an awful lot at stake, but an awful lot of things on my mind. So it was a mm. the the rematch was 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 much harder to prepare for from a mental standpoint, but was much easier to prepare for for from a physical standpoint. I've been out the ring for quite a while. Uh, the first fight was fought on March the fourth, I believe, and the rematch was fought the following year on May the fifth. So yeah. over twelve months out the ring, but you know, my body. Uh, ample time to heal and, and get ready. I'd been through two camps because they I was in the middle of a camp when they were pulled out in December for a fight. Yeah. So there's so much personal thing going on in my personal life, turmoil yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But I found a way to, to deal with it and get around it. And then we got in the ring, mate, on, on May the 5th and I just let it all go, mate. And yeah. everything, everything went to plan. And I actually genuinely feel it was the best I've, I've ever performed. Yes. I, I think that's the best actual physical display of, of me showing all my best qualities in one fight. And I've done it, mate, with a massive injury as well, which is absolutely insane. But yeah, I don't know where yeah. the damage did with damaged rib, but yeah, I, I was just on fire that night. I really was. Everything, yeah. everything that I'd done, the time and the speed, the power, everything came into play. Uh, and he played right into my hands. He, he let me yeah. have it at my tempo, my pace. I dictated from the centre of the ring. And just done a number on him, mate. You just couldn't deal with it. So, you know, your fighters have some of them nights sometimes, and that was just that was one of my best nights. Yeah. Yeah, perform performance wise. It didn't mean that much to me in like a perspective of I've won something or whatever. Mm. It just it shut everyone up and, and all the people I've been listening to for the last 13, 14 months saying, Ah, oh, he only beat him because he had one leg. I was happy to just shut them all up. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was, was the That was yeah. the shut up moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just to shut them down, <laughs> and it, it literally made just put put it all to bed and yeah. you know, done away with it. And I was happy with that. And then I obviously went on and got married in the July meet after it. Yeah, got got fast and enjoyed life for a bit. <laughs> but then, obviously, you, you know, your final fight came against probably one of the most impressive. Boxing yes. we've seen in a, in, a, in a very long time, and I think you put up a good fight against him. Thank you. Against uh, him. He, he, he did. Exceptional. Yeah, he was exceptional, mate. He was—he's was unbelievable. Uh, Alexander Usyk, who's the reigning undisputed unified cruiserweight champion of the world, the only man to ever capture all four belts and carry them into the ring with a yeah. magazine belt. And I genuinely believe when I left the cruiserweight division to face David Hay in the first fight, I was the best cruiserweight in the world at the time. I'd left double gold, the WBC belt, uh, and I wanted to face, you know, the former heavyweight champion of the world, David Hay, former unified cruiserweight champion himself. So yeah. I had ample reason to, to, to make way and do that then towards David Hay. You know, the money, the 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 things that was waiting for me, had I beat David Hay, it was all going to happen. So I'd done that. I could have probably went in the Super Six series uh, or the Super Six, whatever it was called, mm. and and went there. But I would have been foolish to go in there when I was being offered five times more than what they were getting to face one man instead of facing wow. it could be th- it could be three fights. So it was insane. So yeah, I chose to go where you know once I've been world champion and defended against BJ Flores. There's not really much more you can do unless you want to go straight to the unification matches. And this tournament was on the horizon, so I knew. I wasn't going to be going into unification matches anytime soon. So why not face probably the most attractive fighter in the world in David Hay? The most attractive fight for me financial-wise, yeah. profile-wise. For David Hay's always been a media darling of Great Britain. You know, they mm. love him. He's the guy who captured us safe home every champion in the world. Yeah. It's amazing what he's done, but I wanted to take that shot and I well and truly did. So when I finished with him, I then became, I'd, took, I'd taken his shine. You did, and yeah. He, and his and his place, mate. So it was only a matter of time until someone come and hunted me down. Unfortunately for me, mate, it was Alexander Usyk came with a big crossbow <laughs> and shot me down. <laughs> but I, I remember I've I've seen in some interviews as well, um, before the two fights against Hay, you, you kind of you said that, you know, you weren't you didn't think that yourself you were financially secure. When these fights came around, that was it. You were set for life. Your family are set for life. I mean, that's that's an that's an incredible achievement as well. You know that yeah. you can say that now. You know. Oh, mate! It was uh, after the first Hay fight. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe it when we sat down with Ed, and he told me of the numbers that were generated through mm. through Skybox. Sky Obviously, we basically knew what I was going to be in on the on the Sunday on the Sunday night. I knew what was mm-hmm. coming to me, and I was like. He said, you've done it. You, you've cracked it. You are now, you know, you've made yourself a lot of money. And I was like, yeah. I can't believe it. it. It's happened. And then literally, my next word was, when are we doing the rematch? And he said, he's got to get over the injury and he wants to do the rematch straight away. Do you want to fight in between? And I was like, yeah, I want it. He's like, but mm. you're taking a risk because then fight the rematch with him now generates you double the amount of money you've just earned now, which I then again couldn't believe again. <laughs> so I've just, I've just, times me net worth by 10 times in that one fight yeah and now I'm going to double that net worth what I've just done 10 times on the previous one so it just, it just kept going to crazy figures and digits mate but mm. uh, one thing about me is I didn't change anything 
you know, a lot of fighters that tend to hit a certain profile, hit a certain part in the media world and, and stuff like that. And they change yeah. things up, you know, they might get training camps nicer, it's better. Well, nothing changed for me. I, I, I always mm. been level headed, I've always been the same person. I still stayed in the traveling express in Sheffield in Rotherham, sorry, absolute yeah. hellhole. <laughs> uh, it was just still me and my microwave and me me iPad in the room <laughs> and, I, and I carried on mate yeah. so I just cracked on and, and, and continued to improve on the Dave Caldwell and continued to believe in myself so yeah. nothing changed then the Dave has had a massive uh, impact on your career as well yes like he's, he's just a lovely a lovely guy he is mate he's a he, diamond he's yeah I, I mean I, I do wonder what, what's he like kind of when he's in that training mode with you, does he turn into a different person? Or is uh, he, he's tough. He was he was tough and he was driven like me. See, yeah. the thing with Dave is Dave, until me, had never trained his own world champion. I was Dave's first proper world champion. So he trained Jamie McDonald, yes, but Jamie McDonald was already a world champion when he mm. got him. Yeah. When I got linked up with Dave, I would only ever be a British and Commonwealth champion. Mm. Uh, and all that's that's great achievements you know it's not what Dave wants to be Dave wants to be in and amongst world titles in and amongst big skybox yeah. office fights every coach does every fighter does so mm. when we got there together it was like it was a double achievement mm. and we were both we were both happy both thrilled yeah. but he was a massive part of my career he's, he's a very tough taskmaster he's very hard to please yeah. but then to be totally honest, I was my own worst enemy. I'm always being the worst critic of myself. So when I was in the mm. gym, even when he was happy, I still wouldn't be happy and I would still drill myself into the floor. Yeah. I would leave the gym some days exhausted. Uh, most At the end of most weeks, I would leave without even speaking a word to him because I would be so feeling furious yeah. and angry. Uh, we wouldn't talk to each other for days, but I'd just be back in the gym the next day. and We wouldn't speak outside of the gym for yeah. a number of days sometimes it would go for a week <laughs> I would just turn up train and I wouldn't even want to look at him because I hated him because he was putting me through hell but yeah. you look back and you think he was doing it for the right reason he was doing it for me and doing it for himself mm. so we had a great run and in the professional side of it he was the best coach I ever come across, come across on the professional side yeah. he, was, he was so thorough he was so diligent we had game plans the way we trained was specific towards each fighter Mm. and we left nothing to chance don't get me wrong he didn't have to focus on me standing condition inside like he did with some of the other fighters with me he knew that side was well looked after I had Everton's head coach under David Moyes Dave Billows for the, for a decade yeah. helped me with my training helped me with my training regime so I always had a good insight into strength and condition and how I should prepare of course, yeah. uh, Dave would look after everything to do from the boxing side Mm. And you know you would be expected to figure out game plans. Uh, we would sit down and dis- discuss sparring partners and stuff like that because I was always self-managed. But you know we would go over everything. That we, we would leave no stone unturned. And one yeah. thing about me is he always knew I would, I would like to do weight early, which was a big problem with with other fighters that he trained over the years and other people. They always left weight to the last minute. I was never like that. I was very diligent and yeah. very thorough in my preparation. So my weight was never ever an issue. I would always hit whatever weight he would like me to be, I would always hit that weight probably a week early. Well, if anything, yeah. I, I would never ever mess around with the weight because I always knew and I learned my lesson after facing Adonis Stevenson that you can never piss around with the weight. You could get yourself hurt if you did. I'd like to think I'm someone who Learn from the mistakes they did make. Repeated that same mistake twice. That was one of my greatest attributes. I would never repeat the same mistake twice. 
go back to that time when, when you lost to Adonis Stevenson, you know, you probably couldn't predict what you'd go on to do. Beating Nathan cleverly in the rematch, beating David Hay twice, and the Goodison Park against uh, Macabu like that. Yeah, I think it was. And, and, and on your end, it was purse. You just you persevered. You know, mm. I, I'd imagine yeah, so ups, and down, ups and downs throughout the career, and it's very hard. It gets really. Boxing is probably the loneliest sport in the world. Uh, yeah. it just you've only got yourself to rely on at the end of the day, and I hate these fighters who want to blame promoters or want to blame managers who want to blame other people take control of your own situation no yeah. one else is to blame but yourself at the end of the day you get in the ring and you fight you're the guy putting your life on the line Yeah, take your career into your own hands uh, so I say ups and downs Richard Dale yeah mate I persevered Yeah, I, I, just, I never ever gave in and I refused to give in even though the hell it's a sad situation now when I had go training or like I'll go swimming and I'll do a mile uh, three times a week when I go to the bats and when I go to the bats after about 30, 35, 40 lengths every single time I, I just get to the point where body start taking and I could just stop then and yeah. then a part of me goes you dare quit you pussy you will <laughs> never be allowed to get back in this pool again and that's the sad part that I have on me mate it's, it, it's the same with anything I'm playing yeah. golf now Again, the golf course, and and when I first started playing golf, I would hit a couple of holes and I would par a few holes yeah. and do really well on the first few holes. And in a minute, like one, one, one shanked, one shot, mate, <laughs> I would lose me back and I'm going off. This is a stupid game. It's unpredictable. Yeah, I'd want to smash me club, but I'm I'm slowly coming around and changing things now a little bit more. I wouldn't say I've got a complete grip on it, but I'm getting better. <laughs> it's just a competitive side, we meet. I don't. I hate losing. And never give in. So someone yeah. will never give in, but just consistently keep going and going. And that, that's basically me. It's a great attitude to have. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, you came up against Usyk and, you know, he's moved on. Obviously, he's coming up against Chisora. Yes. Um, his, first, it's his first heavyweight fight, I believe. Are people sleeping on him as a potential contender to the likes of Joshua? Fury, Wilder, Chisora, uh, White in the, in this division. Like, I don't believe people are sleeping on him. Everyone knows how good he is. He's exceptional. Mm -hmm. The thing what they're doing is is people are just they know how good he is. He's exceptional, but they don't know how good he is a heavyweight. Yeah. And can he absorb what a heavyweight can dish out? That's what we're, we're all waiting to see. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I you know, listen. As a boxer, he's probably the best boxer above Lomachenko in the world as a pure boxer. Yeah. He's unbelievable. There's nothing he can't do. Great movement. He doesn't have a big one-hit punch. People people watching this will say, well, he knocked you out. Yeah, he did. But I'll be honest, mate, I was that exhausted going out for that round seven or eight, whichever the bleeding it's was. Eight, yeah. eight, me nan could have knocked me out, if I'm being totally honest, because I was just absolutely exhausted going out for eight. Yeah. Uh, but I'm only exhausted because of the pressure he put on. He's the guy who made me exhausted. Simple as that. So. Yeah. But he's not the biggest puncher. He, he, he's physically quite he's, he's quite strong he, he's, he's an average he's got the strength of an average size cruiserweight mm. but that won't work against these big boys Al. you know yeah. I just don't I don't see how he could possibly beat Tyson Fury mm. I don't see you know I think he, he could be ahead when Anthony Joshua catches him but Anthony Joshua will catch him make no mistake about it yeah. too good of an athlete not to be able to catch him too fast you know yeah. too agile himself it's not like you're facing you know Tyson Fury may not catch him all night long 
but he'll be able to lean on them, get over yeah. them, rough them up, and they will that will just slowly but surely exhaust someone like Alexander Usyk. Someone like Josh who's a different, a whole different aspect. He will literally go for you, and yeah. he has that much speed and power himself. You're not going to avoid everything that he throws, and in the end, he will catch up with you. Yeah. You know, I think someone like Dillian White is maybe tailor made for Alexander Usyk. Yeah. Uh, Del Boy on paper looks to be tailor made for Usyk. It's yeah. just you know, can Del land that that jackpot punch? Because he's yeah. done it before. He's been wrote off many times before as Del Boy. Uh, we've seen he was rolled up against Carlos Takam, and he pulls it out of nowhere. Uh, you, we do know Derek Chisora has got the power. It's just can he land it against someone mm-hmm. as slick and as cute as Alexander Usyk? I don't yeah. know. I hope he can. I hope he can. But on paper, looking from the outside, it does look like Mission Impossible. But you know, I'll be there screaming for him, and backing him all the way because he's a close friend of mine, Del, and I'll always back. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've seen on, on the subject of both Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Yeah. This we're all I don't know what's going on with this with this fight. You know what, mate? It's just the the best thing about it all is is they want to face each other. So that's straight really, yeah. away, you know. You you've got to be happy with that. Uh, apart from that, it's still a million miles away until they both get through the next fight. And anybody writing off Deontay Wilder is a fool because that boy he may only be a one-trick pony, but believe you me, yeah. mate, it's a hell of a fucking trick. If that trick lands, mate, you wake up in a St. John's ambulance. Yeah, yeah. It's as yeah. simple as that. And you've, you've got to be so careful. So you can never write off Deontay Wilder. Kubrat Pulev, a brilliant experience, that much a former European champion. Being there, seeing it, got the T-shirts. He's no one to be you know, overlooked, as mm-hmm. Anthony Joshua learned through the Andy Ruiz episode. But you know, they both come through these fights and then Usyk has got the mandatory challenge against Anthony Joshua. Yes. And Tyson Fury's got the mandatory uh, defence against Dillian White if Dillian White prevails against yeah. the record in the rematch. So there's still a lot that can happen. Yeah. There's still a lot going on. So we've just got to wait and see. It's a fascinating matchup. I can make a, I can make case for both of them, but I'll stick by my original statement of which I just think Anthony Joshua will once again show why he's a great athlete and find a way to get to Tyson Fury. I think, I actually think styles make fights and I think AJ's style against Fury, that's the style that will get to Fury. You've got, to yeah. beat Tyson Fury, you've got to jump on him and not care what's coming back. But you've also got to have the speed and power and the precision to be able to hurt him and finish him. Yeah. Now, Deontay Wilder had one of them attributes, that's the power. Yeah. What he didn't have was the other attributes. He doesn't have the technical ability. No. He doesn't have the skill set to be able to close a ring down, to throw fast combinations. Mm. He's got a swing and it skims the lights when it's about to hit you. Yeah. You know, that's how far you see it coming from away. So, uh, but as I can make cases for all these guys. Like, I think... Yeah. You know, the exciting factor of a potential Fury-Joshua fight is that right. they're, they're both technically proficient. Yes. You know, they're unbelievable. And obviously, Joshua's power is, is also another factor. I'd say, I don't know, in my opinion, I think Fury might be just technically the better boxer. Oh, he's definitely. Oh, yes. I, 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 I think I think he's, he's the best boxer out of, of the names that we're all talking about. Today. I, mean, don't get, I don't think yeah. he's better than Usyk as a boxer, but it's a different type of boxer that this man is. This man is a yeah. big heavyweight boxer. He's with, un, with <laughs> Yes, with unbelievably good feet. For, yeah. this, for a man of his size. So there is attributes going into the fight. And, and I'd say for Fiori, 
you know, how did he even get Spartan into Tyson Fury? Because no one can replicate what this guy could do. No. He's six foot eight, six foot nine. He's got feet like a ballerina at times. You know, he's messing around. He's not the heaviest handed puncher in the world, mm. but he hits you hard enough to get you respect. And Deontay Wilder just learned that in that rematch. And, and I said this in the build up to the Deontay Wilder rematch. I told anyone that had listened, Tyson Fury would stop Deontay Wilder. And they were saying, What do you mean? I was saying, at the end of the 12th round in the first fight, mm. he was on the verge of stopping Deontay Wilder after climbing yeah. off the canvas like the Undertaker. Yeah, he, he literally made he, he rose up like the Undertaker in WrestleMania. It, it was it was like an Undertaker moment. It was, it was great. <laughs> and he and then he charges Deontay Wilder and he's he's giving it ten to the dozen to Deontay Wilder on the ropes. He's leathering him, and he was thirty seconds away from stopping Deontay Wilder at the end of that first yeah. fight. In the second fight, he, he realised I can do this fella by putting him on the back foot. Yeah, he went in there because it was so obvious the way he finished the fight. That's all he had to do. So yeah. he went in there. And he'd done it on fair play. It's, it was very brave. It was calculated risk, but yeah. it paid off. And that, that's why I rate him now as the best heavyweight in the world. You know, you can't yeah. go past Tyson Fury. No one else can say he's not number one after the job that he'd done on Deontay Wilder. Yeah. But he has to be very careful in, in going in, I'll say, with Anthony Joshua because it's a different aspect altogether. This isn't Deontay Wilder. Yes, okay. Anthony Joshua may not be as big a one-punch hitter as Deontay Wilder, yeah. but what this guy is, is is a very accomplished boxer and Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, uh, A guy who's gone through the British titles, has gone through the ranking system properly, hasn't been gifted or given anything. So, you know, has beaten mm. former world champions, has beaten former Olympic gold medalists like himself, yeah. in the likes of Vladimir Klitschko, in the likes of Alexander Povetkin, yeah. you know, He's been in the big, big fights. He's had that big, big fight experience. As Tyson Fury has, yes. But you look at the resume now of of AJ, and it's just it's a brilliant resume for someone with as little fights as he's had. Yeah. And with his and with his little amateur experience, this guy's risen through stardom so quickly mm. in such a little number of fights. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. And there's very few Olympic gold medalists that have had under a hundred amateur fights. Very, very few. I think he had under 50, if I'm correct, or under 60 fights. It's unbelievable the speed he rolls and the way he's gone about it. And Mm. I'll say it's frightening the the way he's done in the end. But it'll be interesting to see now how it goes. There's a lot of boxing to be done between now and then. But I just, I think, as I say, the style to beat Tyson Fury is to jump on him and not care what's coming back. Yeah. One thing, the last thing I will say on it is it goes past six rounds. No one's figuring out that Tyson Fury puzzle, mate. If it goes past six, no no one's beating him. Because if you can't figure him out in six rounds, then then you're finished. Because the guy's just, he's an enigma. You know, he's he's, he's, he's the unsolvable puzzle, mate. If you can't do it in six, (laughs) then your ass is finished. (laughs) Um, But yeah, obviously. You know, there, there's there's all the talk of, of, of that. And also, I mean, I, I don't know about you, I just think boxing, I think, is just expanding <laughs> um, everywhere. Got, Do you know what? It's, just, it's become more commercial. Yeah. It's become more commercial. And, and, and what I will say is, a massive part of that, and people don't like me saying, but a huge part is Anthony Joshua. Yeah, there's a reason. No, but the boys, the face of Hugo Boss, the boys, the face of Lynx, the boys, the face of Lucas Hayes, the face of Under Armour. Mm. I, I don't know how many more blue chip companies I can believe in name, but yeah. this boy is the face of every, and he's a boxer. When was the last time we seen a heavyweight champion boxer, the face of it, of everything? Yeah. Probably, 
Mike Tyson in the in the it late was my, It was definitely Mike Tyson. Yeah. So he's the last one you'd say, and that's what I'm saying. He brought the profile of boxing back to where it, where it should have been. Yeah. I mean, I remember Nas done it for a very very short spell, but was short lived. You know, it, yeah. Done that deal with Adidas, and nothing else really came from that. Could have been so much more, but AJ has just took it to another level again. Mm-hmm. You know, the money that he brought to the game. I'm one of the guys who benefited from it. Because yeah. I was here when AJ first started in terms of professional, and I've I've been here right through when he's risen to the peak of his stardom. So mm-hmm. I've had him fight, I've had him fight on my undercards, and I've fought on his undercards, and I've understood what can be generated on my undercards and what can be generated on his yeah. undercards. <laughs> I've understood, I've understood what I was in before he rose to stardom, and I've understood what I'm in after he rose to stardom. So. It's different ball game yeah. that we're playing now, and I'm a massive part that is down to him. That's why I'm so very vocal, mm. and uh, I was one of the guys who appreciated. Not many fighters will go out there and say that, but as I said before, mate, I'm honest and straight to it, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. He's amazing for what he's done for boxing. He's a great guy as well. He, you know, and diamond. What yeah. you see is what you get. Everyone asks me all the time, "What's he really like, lad? What's he really like?" Yeah. I said, "What you see on the TV is exactly how he is. He's just he's a down to earth normal mm. lad." I remember doing the, and um, I did a couple of impressions for him. I remember doing the, uh, the Katie Taylor for, for him. I did it for you. Um, you know, it's I, one of your best, that one. That's why every time I see it, I, do you know what? Every time I see it, I'll think of you when you talk. It's terrible. I shouldn't say that, but she's a great girl. She is absolutely incredible. She, I mean, from, from, from an Irish, you know, from Ireland standpoint, she's mm. just... She's, she's terrific, mate. She's the gold standard. She's she's the greatest athlete that's ever come out of this country. Wow, that yeah, is a big, she, big statement. It, it, she is, though. She is. Yeah. Um, I can see why you say it because what she's done for women's boxing is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, you she's know. just she she's flown the fly. That's amazing. But you know, she's an amazing fighter. There's not much more I yeah. can say about her. She's it. just and so technically good. Your impressions, <laughs> your impressions, amazing as well. To be fair. Ah, oh, well, thank you very much, Tom. <laughs> Really that now. I have to be very quiet, you know, the little ones fast asleep upstairs. <laughs> she probably says that to you as well. She says she probably says thanks for you doing the impression of her. She's sat she's that such a nice person and mother's a lovely person as well. They're that nice of people. They probably thank you for doing an impression of them. She 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 commented it on one of them and she just put laughing emojis there. So like fair play, like she can take she, you know, she can yeah. get in on the joke, which is great. I can, I can imagine some of them don't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, we've I've with Connor, I remember Connor telling me, he said, You you sound nothing like me. You're absolutely nothing. <laughs> When I'm, when I'm, I'm, I'm watching these videos and people are saying, hey, look at him, Connor, he sounds exactly like you. He said, but then I hear you do the De Niro and the Pesci, and that's very good, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so he just couldn't accept it for himself. I haven't actually met him yet. He comes to Liverpool and someone wanted to come and get me and say, he wants to meet you, come and see him and stuff like that. Yeah. But I couldn't because I was away with the kids. I was in Portugal, somewhere like that. But yeah. yeah, I haven't met him in person, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> fan of his. I'm always been a huge fan of him. You yeah. know, the sooner he gets back in a bleeding cage, the better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that that fight against Cerrone in January, it was it, it felt like it was like a, a major flashback to 2015, 2016. McGregor, you know, just want to see him back properly because there's some amazing fights out there. I mean, would you imagine him in that Gaethje? Yeah, that that'd be an. 
fireworks, mate. That Gaethje oh. stands up. He wants to fight his yeah. boss. I'm looking forward to Gaethje and Khabib, but the sooner Conor comes back, mate, it's just it's not the same without him. No, it's not. I, I think a lot of people kind of um, when Conor was kind of rising up, they said the same thing about Ronda Rousey. You know, so it's not mm. the same without her. And then Conor kind of came in and, and replaced her, and it's like that. It's just not. It's it's not. I mean, they've, they've got Adesanya in there. He's the yeah. He's the star, but it's just not. They don't. They were trying. They were trying the best with Street Jesus, but it just doesn't seem to. I mean, he's on. He's been. He, you know, he stepped mm. in last notice there, and that last one, very late notice, and he, yeah. he's done himself proud and no shame in losing to him. But it just, it's not the same without McGregor. I mean, you just want no. to see him back, and that, you know, now John Jones looks seems to be gone as well. And I'm but not saying he's moving up to I don't know what's going on, but there's the UFC titles up for grabs this weekend, isn't he? Because Reyes is fighting for it against Blaovic. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of, of, of MMA and, and the UFC, but as I say, it's just I just want to see the big, big names back. I mean, I say the week, the, the fight this weekend cost another Sanya is, is gold. Well, I, I, I think I can't wait for that. I think what they've what they've been talking about uh, with John Jones moving up to heavyweight, his first fight would be against Brock Lesnar. That's that's the word that's going around. Mate, he'll eat Brock Lesnar alive. He will, eat, he, will, just, yeah. you know, he will just absolutely slap the life out of Brock yeah. Lesnar. There's no way in any way, shape or form can Brock Lesnar do anything better than John Jones. No. So the thing that I'd like to see, I mean... I mean Maybe I wrestling. Think, Maybe wrestling. I, I don't even think he can wrestle. Um, yeah. what, what could he slam him on the floor and then what? He's not going to be able to choke him out. He's no. not going to be able to do any... You know, jiu-jitsu is not going to be a strong point. Yeah. I'd like to see... I, I was going to say I'd like to see Steve A. John Jones, but I don't think Steve A. could do anything against John Jones. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know anyone who could beat John Jones. Mm. Yeah, in yeah. heavyweight or light heavyweight. Because I thought DC, you know, once he beat Cormier the second time, I just thought no one's going to beat this fella. Yeah, no one. No one is going to beat him. That was the one that for yeah. me I thought. And then you see, you know, the Gustaf the Gustafsson fight, the first one that he has with Jones, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, start to finish, incredible. But then. He figures a way how to do it in the rematch. He beats him, and it's just, I just don't see how he beats him, mate. Yeah, I just really genuinely do not see who beats him and how it just not even in the heavyweight division. I mean, could you say Nganu could land one of them big swings? Yes, he could, but I, I don't see him. I don't see it happening because yeah. Jones would just be too cute, take him to the ground, and probably choke him. Yeah, but I think Nganu's steep a two is, is definitely, I think that's definitely going to happen. I think Stipe beating Ngannou in the first fight. I mean, yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> to be honest with you, the house was stacked against the poor guy. Do you know? Yeah. What I, mean? I think it was Dana was talking about Ngannou's like power. Is his yeah. power? Uh, he was going into fine detail about it in front of Stipe. Mm. <laughs> you know, at the press conference. Mate, uh, it'll, be, it'll be good to see a rematch, but I just I, the thing with Ngannou, he's so one paced, and it's all about the hands. Yeah, you know it's nothing is 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 to do with with anything else. So you know if he's got really no wrestling background, he's got he's not really good on the floor. He's not going to beat Stipe because Stipe is not stupid to just take him down. Stipe yeah. is quite good with the hands himself, but he's not going to play play with fire. Surely, no. I get something. I'll tell you what, mate. I'd love to have seen Ngannou and Dillian White in a cage. Yeah, yeah. Because you know they're both going to stand up, and one of them's going to sleep, mate. As soon as the other one lands, yeah. to sleep. <laughs> As simple as that, but I don't know. Crossover fights and boxing and MMA, I don't know after what we've seen with Conor and Floyd, but yeah. that was a different ball game. 
Yeah, absolutely. It was a big fight, but yeah, it, it wasn't the best. wasn't the no. best watch. <laughs> but look, but back to boxing. You know, as I said, it's it's expanded a lot. You've got these YouTubers fighting each other and all this. I don't know how you feel about that. And obviously, on November twenty eighth, we've got the return of both Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. in yeah. an exhibition fight, eight rounds. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I can't. I'm excited. You know what? It's I, it's sad, but I'm excited. If that sounds, I know that doesn't make sense, but I don't want to see it happen. But I'll pay. Simple <laughs> 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 as that. Okay. Listen, if this fight was twenty years ago, oh my lord, it'd be, this would be the I greatest know. fight ever made in boxing. But it's not twenty years ago. You know what I mean? It's we're in two thousand and twenty, and these guys shouldn't be fighting each other. But it's Mike Tyson, La, and it's Roy mm. Jones Jr. Two iconic legends who have had lives forever. Uh, I've met both of them. And they're just amazing guys. So mm. good on them for doing it. But you know, let's remember this is the, these guys are, are not even a shell of what they formed with. It's not yeah. you know, it's the sh- it's the shadows of both did, men of what they formerly once were, but I haven't got a clue what's gonna happen, mate. I'll be you, if Mike Tyson <laughs> wind lands against, you know, Roy's top of his head or something, he's gonna lose his head, mate. It really is <laughs> the last thing someone loses like him is his power. Yeah. But but then Roy is still absolutely lightning fast for someone of his age. But it's just can he stay away from Mike's big? <laughs> did you did you watch Mike Tyson and Joe Rogan talking about you know his his training process and actually getting back? He got back to like general fitness and then he says mm-hmm. I feel they put their video up on me and I was against the pair. He said he said once I video stopped I was in bed sick for a week and Joe Rogan laughed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not funny. It's not funny. I was sick for a week. I couldn't. I couldn't get out of bed. <laughs> but he, Is that he, what he said that if he, I yeah, haven't seen that, yeah, he himself said he says I have to get into shape. I got into like general shape, and then I have to get into like proper conditioning shape, mm-hmm. where I'm, I'm just like training. Like, uh, like I, I forget. He says he completely forgot. Obviously, like like any other like retired boxer was. Yeah, you know, you forgot that kind of training to get yeah. into that kind of fight fitness, I suppose. But it was it's a, it's a great watch. It really was. It's a way of life when you're training. I mean, when you when you're in, in fight camp, when you're in training camp, it's not a job. It's not it's not a hobby. It's not like you go to work. It, it it's it's a way of life. Yeah, literally. I'll you know you wake up, you think about boxing, you do it, you train, you train, you, train, you think about the fight all day, all night, That's the nice. whole time you're in training camp. You just you just you're immersed by it. You just yeah. it takes over your life. It really did. And I've been doing that for twenty years. I mean, that's why now that I've I've come away from it, it's like I look back and think how bloody selfish was I. But at the mm. same time, you'd have to be. Yeah. You'd have to be because you know it was just the fight game to, to be ready. You know, yeah. train and camp. Bloody hard. It was hard, <laughs> mate. Very, very hard. Uh, yeah. So for Mike Tyson to go back into camp at that age, Jesus 50, Christ. What is 50, he now, 55? 55. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I'm not even 45 yet, now, and I just couldn't do it, mate. I could, if I went back into fight camp, I think I'd have a massive bleeding breakdown. Yes. I'd, go, I'd go nuts because, <laughs> I said, to hold my life living in that Holiday and Express, me and my microwave and my iPad, oh, 
Yeah. I couldn't go back. I couldn't go back, mate. It was just, it was training. It was just horrible. But he's doing it. I don't know how, how serious he is about it, but he looks in great shape. He looks like he's lost an awful lot of weight. He's uh, in incredible he, shape. Yeah. He, he's the quickest fucking 55 year old I've ever seen, let me tell you. Mm. So, uh, but I'm sure Roy's in amazing shape. Roy's an amazing, he's a very naturally gifted athlete, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. I still believe. Oh, believe it till the day I die. A prime Roy Jones Jr. is the greatest fighter that boxing's ever seen. Yeah. I uh, genuinely, you know, if Roy Jones Jr. retires after he beats John Ruiz for the WBA Heavyweight Championship of the World, he goes down as the greatest fighter that's ever lived by, by, by a considerable by a considerable amount. No one would even come close. Mm-hmm. The only the only thing that's done him out is the staying on and the bad knockouts that he receives as time goes on, which is yeah. very sad, but I do understand why he carried on doing it because it's very hard to let go, especially when you still feel like you've got it physically yeah. there. And he does have it physically there, you know, what he can actually do, but his, 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 his ability to endure punishment and, and his durability levels are massively dropped. Yeah. And that's the only reason that he loses, mate. You know, he messes around with certain parts of his body by going up to heavyweight and then coming back down to light heavyweight. Yeah. It was just insane. Takes it all. Oh, ruins fighters, it kills them. Yeah, and if, if I'm being totally honest, I mean, he's very lucky to be alive after some of them heavy, heavy knockouts he received. Mm-hmm. They, were, they, were, they were, you know, I had to turn away at times. It was, it was hard to watch because I've yeah. had lives with George Junior since I've been watching boxing. Unbelievable, the greatest yeah. fighter I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Yeah, the most equal fighter in offense and defense that I've ever seen. Yeah, he's just he could do everything, and he had that one punch power. He yeah. had the whole lot. He had everything. So. As I said before, a little bit sad to see now, but I'm not going to lie. I will pay. We'll all pay, yeah. I think we'll all be paying. Uh, and um, I will tune in, believe it or not. <laughs> I want to go away from, from the boxing and I kind okay. of I want to end it on your your other, I think one of the biggest loves of your life, um, yes. Everton Football Club. Yes. Uh, things, things are looking very promising at the moment. Um, They're looking and, up. Yeah, I mean, you've Ancelotti, the signings of Decore, James Rodriguez. I think there's going to be more signings coming in. Do you think now it's kind of coming to a point with Everton where it's like, you know, every season it's kind of like, oh, will they or won't they finish in the top four? Is it like it's a necessity now? And then in a couple of years' time, you kind of look at maybe taking that stab at a challenge in the title. I see your point on what you get. I mean, I don't think anyone will give us a chance at the top four at the minute. Uh, and I think we get laughed at when we say it. So I'm happy to just say top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, top six is, is, is an achievable goal. And the new stadium, yes, we heard all about it. But what you have to remember is new stadiums don't make great football teams. Of course, yeah, like, yeah. You've, you've got to be a great football team before anything or worrying about mm-hmm. the stadium. So... I believe we're on the right we're on the right path for the goal in the right way. I mean, miracles do happen every now and again. I mean, look what Leicester done in that year. So yes, it can happen, but it would be literally a miracle. And, yeah. and you know, it's very rare lightning strikes twice, especially in in one like, more than one lifetime. So I don't think we'll ever see what Leicester done probably again in our lifetime. Yeah. But if 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 you was going to predict it to be anyone, you know, looking at the way this season started. Yes, it's only two games, but it's not the way that the way the two games have been won. It, it's how they're actually playing. Yeah, the, the way they're knocking the ball about, the, you know, mm. the way they're so confident on the ball under the manager, they look fantastic. 
Dominic Calvert-Lewin mate, is just is, is been a phenomenon. He's definitely most underrated striker in the Premier League at the minute. He just he puts himself about. He he he's just been a breath of fresh air since Duncan Ferguson took charge of him. Being totally mm-hmm. honest, when Duncan got the job, he literally reinvented that Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Mm-hmm. So Duncan's played a massive part, and I think Dominic's come out and said that to the public and the media and stuff that Duncan helped him so much. So it looks really good going forward for him. I'm interested to see now where where we progress with you know we're going to a big test tomorrow against Crystal Palace away. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace have won two games as well. They yeah they will they comprehensively beat yes. beat us at Old Trafford. <laughs> yes, the, you know the main playing around was he little uh, Wilfred on there uh, when he mm-hmm. turned up at Old Trafford, mate. So I don't know the the thing with with someone like Crystal Palace is when you underestimate them. And you think you're going to come and turn them over? Mm. That's when they're at the most dangerous. When you go there and you anticipate them, and you've you've done your own work on them, I don't think they're as effective, yeah. you know. But I think I think they've come into Old Trafford and United have just thought we'll, we'll absolutely take these to cleaners, and I've had that eye wiped a little bit. Yeah. You won't get that same attitude of Everton, I'm pretty sure, especially after winning the first two on the bounce. You've, and we're not going to get that off them. They're not going to definitely think yeah. they're going to turn us over. They're, they're the kind of team that you have to go after at from at the beginning. You know, um, they go one nil up. They're they're well set up. They've a strong they've a strong shape. You seen that with my, with against United. Um, yeah. They they pretty much they parked it. But had the the two lads Ayu and Zaha kind of you know countering on the break. And it was detrimental to United. Uh, and that's that's kind of their danger, I suppose. But I do think with, with Everton, I think something is I think something's brewing there. I seen your tweet. This is it's the most excited you've been in, in years as a, as an oh, Everton. Mate, it is. Do you know what? Since the, we we've lacked something massively since Garner left. Yeah. Garner Gay was a massive part of the football club. He was the legs of the midfield. The yeah. boy just never stopped running. When he went to PSG, which he had every right to do, you know, he's not going to want to play with the likes of Neymar, Killian and Bappe. Yeah. Uh, you know, them types of players are just world beaters and you play in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's going to want to play with them, you can't knock him. Uh, but we we lost a serious part of our midfield and we didn't replace it when he left. We've yeah. now got that back in this, in this Allen kid. Yeah. This Allen, his nickname's Wheels, that's what they call him in Italy. Yeah. And I'm telling you, mate, I understand now why they call him Wheels because he's all over the park. Yeah, exactly. And he's Mate, he's everywhere and he's doing the jobs that the other players don't want to do, and yeah. that's the most important thing. So, you know, he's been a fantastic signer. Yeah, people like Carlo Ancelotti just demand respect. Yeah, you know, no one's coming and saying on Monday and saying, you know, Carlo, you know, should we really be doing this? And he's just going to be like, this be Carlo, Carlo Ancelotti says fart, you ask him how many times, Carlo <laughs> Ancelotti says jump, and you say how high. It's just, you know, he, what he's done, his resume speaks for itself. So, We've just got to now believe in what we're doing, uh, believe in the manager, his ethos, what he's doing on the training pitch, and just go out there and keep performing, mate, the way we are. Yeah. Oh, the absolutely. sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. Yeah, obviously, me and you both, you being an Everton fan, me being a Man United fan, it was a tough pill to swallow seeing the, seeing the other lot lift that trophy. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Oh, you must be... You, you must be talking about the lockdown champions. I don't know. I don't talk about that much. <laughs> they only got what they deserved uh, before we get all the stick in the world. They got what they deserved, but it doesn't matter anyway. They're still a lockdown champions. The lockdown champions. <laughs> 
I just hope they don't go on and fucking dominate. Like, oh, mate. United, it, I'll tell you. It's on its way, mate. Let me tell you. It's mm. on its way. Especially with that Thiago fella coming in. Another brilliant player, isn't he? You know, he listen, is. As long as, as long as Virgil van Dijk's at that club, mate, I just don't see much going wrong. So, yeah. You know, Barcelona just needs to start throwing in silly bids all around with it for someone like Virgil van Dijk. And the sooner he goes, the yeah. better. Mate. The longer he stays, the worse my life's going to get. Well, when I see links of them and Mbappe, that that makes me worry a lot. <laughs> oh, don't. Bad <laughs> enough as it is. <laughs> Look, Tony, um, absolute gentleman. Always a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure, yeah, always a pleasure talking to you. I mean, we had great fun. We did those two gigs in Scotland last year. Aberdeen, was it Aberdeen? Aberdeen and Inverness, was it? And Inverness, was it yeah. Was it? Yes. Yeah, it was two two great gigs. We had a, we had a great time. Um, Good luck. Before you go, obviously, you did the SAS thing. Yes. Would you ever consider, you know, Ant Middleton, he gives a bit of that, doesn't he? I mean, what, what, was, uh, what would happen? He's a diamond, you... really. He's a diamond, <laughs> really. And I'm not going to, don't even ask you because I'm not going to answer it. Yeah, well, no, hang on, hang on. What if you did like a celebrity Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay? How would you feel about that? I don't know. I'd have to hear what Gordon Ramsay's got to say first. Of course. Can tell me. Well, I mean, you consider yourself quite a chef since lockdown. Okay. Fucking great. Excellent. Wow. Brilliant. So happy for you, Tony. Wow. Brilliant. Okay. Fuck me. Just don't burn the steak. Okay. Make sure it's absolutely perfect. Wonderful. Okay. Great. <laughs> Gordon, I cook the best veg you've ever seen in your life. I, I cook a salt. I cook like a, a spicy veg that fried in the pan, broccoli and asparagus. My wow. wife's favorite thing to eat. It's absolutely unbelievable. She loves it. So creative. Wow. Okay, she loves it, but I'll be the fucking judge of that. Okay, make it for me. <laughs> You've got it, Gordon. <laughs> Tony, absolute legend. Thanks so much for coming oh, on. Always a pleasure, mate. Gents, take care. And before we go, before yes. we go, let's get the fuck out of here. Hey, you get the fuck out of here too, huh? Huh? <laughs> Cheers. Oh, good to see you, lad. Take see you care, soon, man. Stay in touch. Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goal scorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18 plus BeGambleAware.org. Singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion. Visit Betfred.com slash promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions.